I'm back for another episode of the Army of Game Changers podcast. I'm your host, Vipe Desai, and I'm here to bring you career and leadership insights from some amazing people that I've met along my professional and personal journey. You know, we all have to keep moving forward to grow, and what better way than to get some advice from those who have achieved success. On today's episode, I have Princeton Tigers head coach, Courtney Banghart. She's been recognized as Coach of the Year by the United States Basketball Writers Association and was also named by Fortune Magazine as one of the world's 50 great leaders for taking charge of a mediocre team that had never made the NCAA tournament while ensuring players met Princeton's academic standards. Courtney was kind enough to share her thoughts on servant leadership and why leadership is about who you are and who you help. Let's hear more from Courtney. So, Courtney, so great to catch up with you again, and it was really nice to meet you at Thin Air a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, give me, give me an update. What's going on in your world? I know you're recruiting, but what else is going yeah. on? You know, a professional leader said this time of year, the season's over, you're gearing up for the new season, you're, you're thinking about the individual growth of your team and a lot of the individual work that that entails. Um, you're constantly recruiting, you know, that's, that's the nature of what we do, but also it's a, it's a chance just to reconnect with your family. My hours are a little bit different. I'm a little more flexible in terms of when I'm needed. Um, and so I've got, as you know, three young children and I get to be the one to pick them up from school every now and then. So that's a, it's, it's been a welcome change. Now, what goes on in recruiting? I mean, it sounds like it keeps you pretty busy, but what are you looking for this time of the year when it comes to recruiting? It's just a constant state of sharing what you are to learn more about who they are. Um, so it's that kind of mirror effect, right? The Princeton's got buildings. It also has people and, and making sure that they, you know, recruits get a chance to see both, the place and the people. And while that's happening, there's a lens into who they are and it lends into what motivates them and, and a lens into the separator of talent versus kids you really, really want to coach and develop. Um, so it's, it's a combination of campus visits, people coming to our place, and it's also us getting on the road a bit and seeing some club, um, some club op- opportunities where they're kind of mat- more mass recruiting. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's always an acquisition of talent, right? All industries are. It's, it's, you're keeping an eye on the change in talent and, and, and the change in personnel. And in athletics, it happens every year for the graduation. Um, but in a lot of industries, there's changeover. And, and being mindful of, of always keeping your eye on, on who would be next is, is nature of recruiting. So let's look at your coaching career. Um, for, I would say, about the last 18 years, you've been a very decorated coach. You've worked with numerous athletes across the board. You've had some great success along the way. Let's talk about your career and the lessons that you've learned along the way and yeah. how can other people manage their careers from the lessons that you can share. I think most of all, Vibe, I – I thought about when I got the Princeton job, I had just defended my, my master's thesis. I had just turned 29 all in the same week, and I got a call from the Princeton athletic director. And the benefit of getting a job when you feel like you're not – you don't even know if you're ready for it is that you go back to your real basics. And in my case, it was who I am. And knowing that the best version of me was going to then ultimately become the best coach over time. Um, and and so I think, you know – the the success that I've had has been relational. It's been authentic. It's been in clear standards. It's been in not letting the external make limits on uh, on where our, where our journey is. Um, and it's been investment in people, you know, past, current, and future. And the journey that that you're on to be great, I actually find true inspiration in in that. And you and I talk a lot about you know the servant, the the, the servant leader, and 
And I think that the world's figuring out that those who are servant leaders are the best leaders out there. And, and what I mean is not just giving to others, but uh, finding finding happiness and inspiration in other people's growth means that you're actually you're leading from an authentic place. Um, so I, I think me was, was not certain what content I had. Um, you know, sometimes, especially women, you don't necessarily take on a new job until you feel like you know you can have success. And I've never really followed to that. I've, I've followed to instead that I've always invested in myself and that any job involving people, which is leadership, is, you know, it, it's people driven and, and, and I'm going to be, the, my best self is going to become the best leader. Um, so there's a lot there that we can talk about, the fear of failure that, that I think can, can be paralyzing. Um, as well as, which in my business is what I deal with every day, because you're asking people to stretch. You're asking people to be the, it is to be, go beyond where they think their limits are, but yet you want them to find confidence, right? And then similarly, you want, you want them to think individually about their growth, but always commit to the team. So there's all these juxtapositions and contradictions that, that we're constantly um, dealing with. And at the very core is, is there's not one style to lead. But there's one type of heart, and I think the servant heart is is partly why I've I've had success. Yeah, I love that notion about the servant heart. You're right, and you've you've shown that in your leadership. Look, you've been recognized as Coach of the Year, and Fortune also has recognized you as one of the world's 50 greatest leaders. Let's talk about that 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 moment where you got to work with a mediocre team that had never gone to the NCAA. And, you know, what that experience taught you about leadership? Because there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, there is a lot to unpack there. And, you know, I know it's something we talked about on our panel out in Park City is the art of the possible. Um, and for, you know, I've just never, I've never been okay with the perception of limits, right? And that, that taking a job at Princeton might mean that therefore you can't go undefeated or you can't get certain top level recruits or you can't. And, I just see possibility everywhere. I see possibility. I see, I respect and honor failure, but I, I see possibility in, in turning of the page. And, and so I, they were mediocre, and I, I think they were mediocre not because there wasn't a culture of excellence or there weren't people at Princeton that, that valued excellence and the hard work that it takes to get there. It was that I think the previous coaches maybe had put a little bit of their own um, sort of bias on what was possible. Um, and, and I think it was kind of lightning strikes in the bottle, right? I just, they, they found someone who, who saw possibility and opportunity and was willing to work work to get there. So I got the right people on board and staffing, got the right people on board and recruiting. And then when I got there, I uh, got here, I just, I stripped any sort of what, what's going to come later. It was just take care of everything, one thing at a time and the score will take care of itself. Um, so, and then I, I really created a culture of, of um, we, we don't fail to, you know, we, that, that failure isn't to be ignored or avoided. It's to be embraced because, you can't stretch without falling down sometimes. So really trying to teach these highly motivated individuals that that um, that it's that the only failure is not risking, um, and that will provide you with enough skill development and enough work and enough. You know, life is about being a good teammate. We've got enough good teammates out there that are going to support you um, on your growth. Um, so hopefully that's transferable. I think to the idea of I've really embedded in my players. This is what I actually spoke of in um, at that fortune dinner that. Um, when I was selected as a one of the world's greatest leaders, was the idea of life is about who you are and who you help, uh, and that mentality that you know my leadership is because I'm, I'm really authentically me, um, as well as um, I have a real gratitude for the life of others in, in my journey, um, and that I'm really committed to helping people find their find their journey. 
Um, and I, I want that to be about my team too. I think my team does a good job of finding out in our program who they are and they're always willing to help the whole, um, you know, whether it's through recruiting or through our current team and, and how we play on the floor. So um, hopefully those are some helpful tidbits that are connecting to, to other industries. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, you've touched on some really important aspects. I mean, what are some of the leadership uh, uh, messages that you put out to your team? Because, you know, it, 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 you know, with leadership, one of the things that happens is that you're not always given the best talent or you're not able yeah. to access the best talent. But as a yeah. leader, you have to make them, uh, you know, successful. So, yeah. you know, how do you do that from a leadership perspective and what are those leadership lessons that others can take away? I think it's focusing on the individual, right? If you talk, if you talk about teams, so if you're in a sales industry, you're talking about your performance as a team, right? Then you can lose the individuals because people can settle into their roles. Either I'm, the, I'm in my hierarchy or in an athletic world, you're either a reserve or you're a starter, and people can settle into those roles, and that's always limiting. And so I really focus on the individual, and I know that our, everyone's team is a different size, um, and I challenge all leaders to not be limited by that. Don't worry about the size and, and understand that there's an individual component to and connection, that especially in this day and age with so many things grabbing our attention through social media and other such things, is what makes humans human is, is their need for connection. And, um, you know, it's, I think that, that therein lies where the leadership is, is I'm able to get the whole better because every individual is on their journey of growth and no one's allowed to just kind of settle into, you know what, I don't play unless we're up by 20. Or I play all the time even if we're, even if we're not playing because I'm the best player. We just don't, I don't let people settle into roles. We just are, we're constantly developing the individual and over time our, our team gets better because of it. But those are great lessons uh, across the board from career and leadership, and I appreciate you sharing those thoughts with uh, my listeners. If people want to follow you, Courtney, where can they do that? You know, they can the – thing, the thing I think – the other thing I would say about leaders that along those lines of where you can follow me because is the across-industry value of leadership growing. I mean, you and I have talked about how lonely leadership can be because you're, you know, you're the one that's – you only really get talked about when things aren't going well or, or whatnot. And People are exhausting, and so it can be a lonely industry to be the one at the top. And um, I think it's important, more important than ever, and more accessible than ever, to have mentors and, and co-leaders and people you learn from across industry. Um, and so sports are an easy thing to follow because you know there's a lot of you know they're just they're on the internet all the time, right? And so I'm currently the head basketball coach at Princeton. Um, I've got a social media page that's um, Coach Banghart. I've got uh, Princeton, Princeton WBBB, which is Princeton Women's Basketball, and then Go Princeton Tigers is our webpage. But um, where we post kind of a weekly podcast and other such things. But, you know, I, I, I'm as interested in what you do as I am many of the others that I've met in Salt Lake and I've met in my journey because you're not in my industry. And I think that's where the sweet spot and special sauce is of leadership development for those that are already in in leadership roles is is what does that network look like outside of your industry? No, that's a great point to make. I always find that I learn so much more from people that are completely outside of my industry or my circle of interest because you see how they approach it from their perspective. When you're insular and you're talking to the same folks that are working on the same projects, um, you know, it, you don't really tend to learn as much, but when you're outside of it, there's so much learning. And that's why I love about bringing different people into this podcast from different perspectives, yours as a coach, oh, whether yeah. And um, I see that helping uh, so many people. I get emails all the time, for, uh, you know, for bringing a variety of people into it. So 
appreciate you yeah, sharing especially your thoughts. Especially young leaders. I mean, we're all thinking about like staffing or about uh, about motivation or about how to handle, how to take care of yourself, how to, how to inspire yourself. And um, there's just so many carryovers that um, it's not always about. So much of our job is to develop develop leadership qualities in other people. And you sort of want to make sure that you're always also filling your own cup and, and making sure that you're growing and evolving. As you and I have said, you know, change is inevitable, but development is not. And we have to be really tech, we have to be really mindful of that. And I think I am, and what I know of you, you are too. And I think that that has connected us in a way that, that, that that's that's really special to me. Well, Courtney, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, next time you're in town, I'd love to get together. Hopefully, I can catch one me of the too. games. That sounds great. Keep doing your stuff. It's fun to follow. Well, that's it. There you have it. Change is inevitable, but development is not. We have to work at developing our career, and in a changing landscape, it seems it's more important than ever. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Courtney Banghart. The insights from my guests are just one of the ways you can continue to develop your personal and professional journey. And if you want to keep up with me, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn under Vipe Desai. That's V-I-P-E-D-E-S-A-I, all one word. So if you want to connect, hit me up. And a quick shout out to my crew over at HDX Hydration Mix for making these podcasts possible. Head on over to hdxmix.com if you want to learn more about how we're working to make the world just a little bit better. That's it. Thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode, and I will be back here with you soon.